Welcome, everybody, again, uh, Hockey in the Classroom. We're at Episode 7 this week, uh, and as always, your co-host, Matt Wallace. I could uh, joined by uh, my uh, my buddy down in Dallas. Tony, how are you doing today? Doing great, doing great. Uh, middle of the week, got got to hump day, so almost almost ready for the weekend. Uh, hump day and 60-degree weather. You have everything uh, going in your direction down there. Things are looking good right now, but... Uh, <laughs> Really, what in uh, just over a month we'll be doing our first in-person uh, telecast or not telecast uh, podcast in Wausau. Yeah, uh, you know it's funny you bring that up. I was gonna say I think I need to make a shout out to the to the boys in Wausau uh, for the listeners um, who don't know. Uh, check it out, uh, Line and Kugel Pond Hockey Classic. Uh, it's a blast, Wausau, Wisconsin. Um, you know, it's no big deal, only minus 50 during the tournament, but it's a ton of fun. Uh, Tony, you've been, what, doing this now with us three years now, going on yeah, four? going on year number four. Four. Uh, so this will be my sixth year playing in it. Um, if you're playing it or if you're like Tony, who's a coach, and I use that word loosely, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, it, it is a blast. Uh, I guarantee the guys that I know that put this together, uh, great guys. Uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, tournament is well-rounded. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Lining Kugel Pond Hockey Classic. There's a lot of spots. I just registered the Dangleberries this past weekend. There's, I noticed there's a lot of spots still out there. Join us in the Bronze Division if you want to ch- take on uh, defending champs. Uh, or, uh, you know, if you think you're better than us, which I'm sure you are, go into the Silver or Gold Division. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, and just FYI, I am not being paid to say this. I am just a strong advocate for uh, the boys up in Wausau. They do an outstanding job. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm getting uh, a, I'm getting a little prep work in today with my with my beer consuming. So. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. You're gonna need it. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's let's switch over from the outside pond into the indoor ponds here, Tony. And uh, let's just, I mean. We had a, an interesting weekend in college hockey. Uh, not a lot of conference games, but a lot of intriguing matchups that, and a lot of diff, uh, intriguing scores, I should say, uh, that we saw this past weekend. I mean, let's let's just dive right into this. Yeah, the, starting in the Atlantic, this was a this was one of the conferences that did have a. I, I hate to say meaningful, but really at this time of the year, these conference games are the ones that really mean something, and especially in the Atlantic, in a conference, it's going to be a one bid league. Um, we saw a lot of a lot of action. Army swept Canisius this weekend, uh, winning four three and three to two. Um, Air Force and Niagara squared off. I know you're really high on on Air Force, Matt. Niagara got the win on Friday night, four three in overtime. Um, and then uh, Air Force that day that day did put up a really good fight in the third period. They scored two third period goals, including the game tying goal with less than two minutes left. But Eric Cooley from Niagara got the game winner for Niagara. Um, Air Force did pick up the extra point on Saturday after after skating to a one one tie. Uh, RIT and AIC, AIC, a team that I had been high on early on, uh, they had a really great weekend. Um, I had them as my team of the week in, in the Atlantic. Uh, they got a four two victory on Friday. Joel Kolcher had two goals for AIC that night. Um, they ended up completing the sweep on Saturday, winning five to one. Martin Melberg had a really nice night for American that night, five to two. I will say though. Um, this game happened last night, which was Tuesday night. 
Um, they did fall the Sacred Heart 4-2, which I would have had really as my game of the week because it was such a big, big weekend with two really good teams. Um, but big weekend for, for Sacred Heart, or big game for Sacred Heart um, there. Uh, AIC did have a nice third period scoring a couple power play goals, but of course, Sacred Heart got the victory. Uh, Bentley defeated Holy Cross on Friday night, three to two, and then they completed the sweep on Saturday, four to one. Um, and then Robert Morris against Mercyhurst. I got a nice text from Plonsky um, saying that I think it was lighting or something that caused the game to be postponed on on Friday night. And then the two skated to a two-two tie with Mercyhurst picking up the extra point. Uh, Christian Acosta had two goals for Mercyhurst um, in that Saturday night affair. Yeah, uh, well, chalk it up to Plonsky for even, you know, freaking knowing that it's a lighting <laughs> issue. So, uh, but I'm not shocked by that at all. The guy that uh, when we watch football games uh, knows the refs' names more than the players' names. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but I agree, you know, uh, the Atlantic hockey, I know we've, we've chirped on a little bit here in the uh, recent weeks. And I thought this weekend was an interesting weekend for Atlantic hockey. Um, I, my team of the week actually was Army, and you know they played Canisius and got a sweep. But and I'll explain my reason why uh, Army is my team of the week in a second here. But you know, as we get deeper and deeper into the season, um, the Atlantic hockey is getting top heavy. But we went from I think a four team that was top heavy, and at least for me, Tony, uh, the top seven teams right now. You can even argue maybe the top eight is really where the battle is. And now for me, I think a 10 point swing in college hockey is not a lot. So, you know, 10 points in what two weeks can be, you, you could change the whole standings there. Um, so that's why right now, at least in, in the, we're in the first weekend of December or first week, I should say. And a 10 point swing for me is, is not a big deal. So top eight right now, uh, it's going to be a dog fight to the end, but the, I think there's a lot of heavy favorites. Um, you touched sacred hard. Right now, I think they're the front runner. Robert Morris is playing really well, uh, but you know, two two against Mercyhurst is not saying much. Sacred Heart though has just been lights out. Uh, but let me get back real quick. Reason Army is my team of the week is they're doing what they need to do to get to the top of the conference. And what I mean by that is the teams they're supposed to be beating, they are beating. And when you have a Canisius who's one in five in conference, and you're up against them. Your expectations when you're at the top of this conference is you're walking out of the way with two W's, and that's exactly what they did. So not so much on the competition itself, but the fact that they went in, played Canisius, and come out with a sweep, that's what they need because, like, Tony, like you've mentioned before, you can't leave points on the table, especially against these teams that you know you need a beat. Um, So Army, that's the reason they're my team of the week. But, you know, Tony, like – I was looking at the conference scoring, and this kind of blew my mind. In the top 10 scoring, seven players, seven players from Sacred Heart. So not only does that, you know, just prove that Sacred Heart right now lighting the lamp, but they're spreading the puck around doing it. I mean, they got guys all over the ice right now scoring, and it's evident. Right now in conference, they're 42 goals for, and they're only giving up 23. Uh, you know, that, that was just kind of an incredible stat. So I, 10 guys in the top 10, seven are from Sacred Heart. And then rounded off by three different guys, Bentley's uh, Jakob Novak and Mercyhurst, uh, Stephen Ipri and uh, Dalton Hunter round off the top 10. I mean, that's just kind of incredible for Sacred Heart. Kudos for them. Uh, that's why I think they're going to be a front runner. Um, you know, like Morris, uh, Robert Morris is playing really well. 
But right now, Sacred Heart has proven against some good teams that they can compete and get the W. Robin Morris, I just hasn't haven't seen that yet. Um, I think they've played some lower-end teams as of recently. Uh, so when we get deeper into the season, when those games matter, Robert, Robert Morris and Sacred Heart, I think we'll see at the top two. But I think Sacred Heart, at least as of right now, from what I'm seeing on the ice, uh, is going to be an easy front-runner for me for, for Atlantic hockey. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting you, you mentioned those two teams because that's, to me, the – Maybe one of the best, one of the most intriguing matchups, not only in the AIC or in Atlantic Hockey this year or this week, but in the country. Robert Morris at Sacred Heart Saturday and Sunday should be some really exciting hockey. But you know, I'm I'm super excited. I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. It's not March yet, um, but the conference tournament for the Atlantic Hockey, with how well balanced the top of this conference is, I think is going to make for a really exciting tournament, especially for everything that's going to be on the line with. Right now, Army, Sacred Heart, Robert Morris, and RIT are all receiving votes in the polls. And, I mean, we can start talking about Parawise now since it's December, I guess. Um, but, I mean, this again, this is going to be a one-bid league, and that conference tournament is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those conferences where I don't want to say that the conference playoffs and winning it means more than any of the others, you know, the other conferences, because it's not – but at the same time, you want to make the argument that maybe it is because, you know, you win the conference playoffs, you're getting into the frozen faceoff. And if unless, you know, the remainder of these teams really start jumping out into the rankings here and start really pulling away and, and you know, an NCHC team and so forth starts falling down in a hockey East and so forth, uh, it's going to take a lot for an additional team in Atlantic hockey to get, you know, to get into that uh, frozen, uh, frozen four faceoff in March. So, um, but I, I agree the the playoffs come or the conference playoffs will get really intriguing, especially when we see how these teams stack up towards the end of the year. Uh, my game of the week though, exactly like you just mentioned, Robert Morris at Sacred Heart, uh, the top two teams, in my opinion, in this conference, Robert Morris at Sacred Heart, and it'll be intriguing because Sacred Heart just played yesterday. Um, so they're playing Tuesday, and then they got to go play, what, a Friday-Saturday game, I'm guessing it is? Um, yeah. yeah, it's a Saturday-Sunday. Um, or Saturday-Sunday. Saturday, uh, but three games in one week, it's just, you know, it's not a uh, a norm in college hockey. We all know that. Uh, so, you know, we'll see if Sacred Heart can hold up to three games in one week against a, a really good Robert Morris team. Yeah, Absolutely. So I think a little enough about Atlantic. You want to jump into what the ECAC next? Yeah, um, the ECAC um, is one of those conferences, at least right now, Tony, in the conference. It, it just doesn't on paper look like a lot's happening. Uh, but it's I very think there top is a, heavy. It's very, very top, top heavy, heavy. But, but there's a lot going on in this conference uh, with the teams in the non-conference schedule. Uh, but look, let's let's go through the scores real quick. Um, Cornell, or let's go Friday scores. Uh, UMass at Quin- Quinnipiac, three nothing. UMass uh, that was a no brainer. Uh, Maine five, St. Lawrence two, BC's four over Harvard two. Um, RPI gets blown out by UMass all four nothing, and Colgate gets a three one win over Princeton. Uh, and then we go into Saturday. Uh, Cornell two zero over BU. Merrimack 5-1 over RPI. Uh, Quinnipiac actually gets a nice split here. We're going to touch base on this. 2-1 over UMass. 
Uh, Maine, St. Lawrence get a 1-1 split there. Uh, Providence, 4-2 over Brown. Northeastern's 4-3 over Colgate. And then New Hampshire gets a nice 3-2 win over Princeton. Um, but, Tony, there was a lot of things going on in this conference, like I said, non-conference-wise, uh, that may, on paper you just don't see. But if you're following college hockey, uh, you're on social media, and you're, and you're tuning in Friday, Saturday, uh, sometimes maybe on a Tuesday or a Sunday, as we've had in recent weeks, there's a lot to be excited for in the ECAC, at least with the top maybe four or five teams right now. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at it right now with the top five teams, at least in the polls, Cornell comes in at number two. I mean, we were high on Cornell from the beginning. They had a really good weekend. I mean, they only played one game. They defeated BU two to nothing. Um, Clarkson comes in at number five. I They had the weekend off. Um Clarkson, though, coming up, they they do have St. Lawrence on Saturday. Um, but then Harvard comes in at 12. Harvard's a team, I know you and I have talked about it recently, they've, they've had a rough go between Friday and Tuesday. They fell to BC on Friday 4-2, to two, like you mentioned. Um, but then today they fell 5-2 to, to BU. So a rough a rough couple games for, for Harvard. Um, Quinnipiac and Dartmouth both receiving votes, but you mentioned Quinnipiac. I mean, that's, yeah, you fell three, nothing on Friday, but a great response on Saturday coming back for the two, one victory against a really good UMass team. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned Cornell. Cornell was my team of the week. Uh, you know, the goalie, um, I'm, I feel like I'm going to butcher this name, Matthew Gal- Galada. I don't even know if that, I, that, that was just a terrible, uh, execution on my part. But I watched the highlights of of him over the weekend, and this this guy was the real deal. Uh, was just incredible in uh, the two nothing win over BU. Uh, the offense um, scored. I mean, the offense did really well. Uh, they're able to score from the slot. They crashed the boards for rebounds. That's how they got their two goals over this weekend. Uh, if I'm saying this right, Ragush and Locke with with the goals, uh, respectively, and the two uh, two nothing win over BU. Um, the only thing that was concerning was the D did get caught off guard, get a little flat footed um, in transition and off some turnovers. But that's where this goalie, uh, like I'm gonna just call him, you know, MG right now because I can't say his last name, um, stood on his head and, and bailed out his D man here and, and kept the game. Uh, you know, kept the game close for them, 2 nothing. and they walked away with the win. So um, stick taps to MG out there and Cornell. And Cornell is the real deal right now. Uh, with, and, you know, I, I've been high at Harvard the last few weeks. I know you're big on Clarkson. Uh, those are top three teams right now in the ECAC, and, and I really expect these are the top three teams we're going to see come, come March in the ECAC. Who's going to finish one, two, or three will be the question, though. One well, Friday should be a lot of fun too. We have Cornell at Harvard, so that's that's a big game for Harvard. I mean, yeah, you're coming off two tough losses to BC and BU, um, but what better way than getting the number two team in the country coming to your barn for a nice little Ivy League rivalry here? Um, and and I mean, two of the top twelve teams in the country according to the USCHL. Yeah, I mean, what's going to be what's what I just am looking at right now is the top three teams. Uh, Cornell right now in conference scoring 27 goals, only giving up eight. Harvard's 33 and only giving up 10, and Clarkson's 20 and giving up nine. A lot of offense being played or being uh, scored on, on between the three teams in conference play, and they're not giving up a lot. So when you get these two teams playing each other or the three teams playing one another, 
it's going to be a great matchup on the ice. Uh, and it's just going to be interesting to see who comes out on top each weekend when they do play each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I want to talk about a little bit more in when we talk hockey East, but that, uh, that was, that seemed like a fun tournament out in Belfast. I know you said you watched, uh, you watched a little bit of the highlights or paid a little bit of attention. I'm, I'm, let's talk a little bit more about that when we talk hockey East. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but you know, before we switch gears here a little bit and just in relation to, into that, you know, uh, something I didn't know, but, uh, a guy, maybe uh, everybody maybe kind of knows this name, uh, Rob Brindamore. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got a son, Skyler, freshman uh, on Quinnipiac, um, who, uh, you know, UMass is probably not a fan of him after Saturday. So stick taps at him, uh, you know, freshman with that bloodline. Uh, <laughs> Rob Brindamore, we all know, uh, one of the greats, great hockey players to play in the NHL. And great then, uh, oh, great coach. Yeah, I love what he's doing in Carolina. Um, and then uh, before we move uh, further here, uh, just another stick tap here. Ben Sharp notching three goals in Belfast for Gold- Colgate this weekend. Uh, so, you know, that's – you, you got to travel, and then you come out there and lead the team, get three goals uh, on some foreign soil there. So, you know, stick taps for Ben Sharp there. Uh, ECAC had a, had a decent weekend this year. Uh, you know, Tony, before we move on, though, you know – I had a hard time picking game of the week for this one because I thought there was two interesting matchups here. But ironically, both for me are Cornell related. Uh, Cornell at Harvard Friday, and then they got to go play at Dartmouth on Saturday. Uh, so I thought that was kind of intriguing how that's set up. Um, and that's two tough teams that Cornell's got to play both on the road. Yeah, that's I, that's going to be a nice a nice little testing point for for the Big Red. Yeah, and like you said, Cornell at Harvard. Uh, that could be uh, easily one of the matchups of the weekend to to keep your eye on in college hockey. So, you know, to see how Harvard's going to rebound after two big losses against BUBC in the recent recent days. Um, and then can Cornell uh, you know, stay on top of the conference and get two nice conference wins, one against uh, Harvard, who's right beneath them, and then Dartmouth, who's not that far behind either, sitting at five in the conference. So we'll see how Cornell – Harvard and Dartmouth play this weekend. So it'll be interesting next week when we, when we get back on the podcast to see how that played out. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, Tony, let's uh, switch gears here now and let's, uh, let's go to, I think a conference that I think you enjoy talking about, and that's the WCHA. Hey, you want to hear a shocker? <laughs> let's hear it. Alaska split this weekend. Oh, shocker. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this weekend, uh, Alaska got the victory against Michigan Tech on Friday, four to three. But Tech got, Tech rebounded one two to one. A little bit lower scoring matchup on Saturday. Um, Bemidji State beat Lake State on on Friday, four to one. And then the two tied two two on Saturday with LSSU picking up the extra point in in three on three. Um, Luke uh, Cable scored the game tying goal in the third period, and then he also scored the winner in overtime. So stick stick stack to him for that. Um, Huntsville, um, we were high on Northern. Um, Huntsville upset NMU on Friday, four to two, but uh, NMU did recover to get the victory on Saturday, three, uh, three to one. Um, Ferris State beat Anchorage four to one on Friday, and the two tied four four on Saturday with Anchorage picking up the extra point in the shootout. And then the next two games to me were two of the games I was really excited about for this weekend. I want to save to me the team of the week for last. Um, Minnesota State just proving that 
They are one of the best, if not the best team in the country. I mean, safely to me, top three, I look at Minnesota State, Cornell, and, and North Dakota as my top three, just like USCHO does. But Minnesota State, pretty convincing, um, sweeping Duluth, winning 4-1 on Friday and winning 3-1 on Saturday, a nice a nice in-state rivalry, former w, former WCHA rivalry. Um, so big, big weekend for Minnesota State. But to me, the team of the week, not only in the WCHA, but across the country, was Bowling Green. What a showing for Bowling Green. They swept Notre Dame both nights, winning 5-2, to two, scored a lot of goals, defense held up. Um, what a weekend for, for the Falcons. Yeah, uh, Bowling Green easily my team of the week, not just for the coverage, but like you just mentioned, for all of college hockey. Um, that was that was a series where I thought at, at best was going to be a split, just the likes of Chuck Jackson and how he how he has that Notre Dame team running right now and has had them going for the last few years here. Uh, Bowling Green was not a team. Granted, Bowling, Bowling Green is a solid solid squad on the ice. But Notre Dame, the way they've been playing all year so far, I just didn't expect uh, Bowling Green to walk in with a sweep. Uh, so stick taps to Bowling Green, uh, outstanding, taking down number five Notre Dame. And, and I don't know where Notre Dame is right now in the USCHO, uh, but they had to have dropped at least a ton if I had to imagine. Bowling Green, though, a solid weekend. Uh, former CCHA rivalry there. Uh, so uh, that was nice. And t- was that at Notre Dame's barn, too? I believe that might have been a home and a home. home and home, home and home. One of my favorites. Um, but uh, you mentioned Northern Michigan splitting with Alabama Huntsville. Uh, we don't do these uh, as often, um, but we've done them before. And that's uh, our missed opportunity. And like I mentioned in the Atlantic Hockey Conference, these are the points that come March are going to bite you in the rear. Northern Michigan, uh, that's just a missed opportunity. Uh, Alabama Huntsville. Is, is that team that you should be going down there and beating up every time, especially with that talent that Northern Michigan has right now. Um, so to get to walk out of uh, Huntsville, was it at Huntsville? It was at Huntsville. To walk out of Huntsville's barn and to get that split, just it's not saying a lot for you guys right now. So uh, missed opportunity there. Uh, Tony, this was another conference, though. I took a look at the top 10 scoring in the conference, and uh, there's a lot going on right now. Um Griffin Loran of NMU and Adam Brady of Bemidji, though, tied at 13 points. So stick taps to those guys. Keep it rolling, uh, especially for Northern Michigan. I think, Griffin, they're going to need you a lot more here. You guys cannot afford another split against a, a Huntsville-like team. Um, and then, you know, the top ten rounds out with uh, another NMU, Bemidji State, Ferris, and Mini State. Uh, so uh, not shocking seeing Northern Michigan, Bemidji, and Minnesota State players in the top ten. A little surprising to see a Ferris State player up there because Ferris State's offense just hasn't been there this year, a struggling team. But they got someone out there on the ice, though, kind of contributing and trying to make something of this season. Uh, but the WCHA, Tony, I think we're starting to really see the top maybe, what, four or five teams pull away in this conference and early. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, this is this is going to be the this is going to be Minnesota State's to lose. Right now, they're they're sitting tied for second place behind Bemidji, but they've also had two games less played. I mean, the way Minnesota State's playing, that dominance that they had against a, a, a good Duluth team, it just shows, I think at the end of the day, they'll probably only lose a couple games in conference. 
this is a team that I think is going to be right there in Pittsburgh, uh, possibly playing for a national championship and probably the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, if I had to guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's hard not to argue that. Uh, Minnesota State has been dominant and has been for the last couple seasons now, but uh, more so this season. <clears throat> I watched the North Dakota, and we're going to touch base on this later, but I just want to say I watched the North Dakota uh, series, and granted it was against Minnesota, who's been a little up and down this year. North Dakota was <laughs> more down, I agree. But North Dakota was, uh, in all aspects of the game, impressive. So, uh, Minnesota State, North Dakota right now, if I had to, because I'm, I'm this guy, or at least tied for in my book as number ones right now until I see both of them play each other, <laughs> which we could yeah. see, baby, national championship. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm right there with you. But right this, is a co- this is a conference right now where you mentioned uh, a lot of – we don't have the uh, same amount of games played right now in the conference. So, like you mentioned, Minnesota State's – Right now, in Bowling Green, are the only two with only eight games in conference. The rest at ten and twelve, and they're still at the top of their respective conference. So it says a lot more for that pro those two programs than the other programs who got ten and twelve games. Uh, but Bemidji State and is not a team they're, you want to sleep on. Bemidji State's man, a very good squad. That that to me is maybe nationwide right now the most shocking team to me. Um, they are currently receiving votes in the poll. But the fact that they're sitting at 7-2-1 and one in conference right now, um, they played less games in Alaska, they're taking care of business. I'll need to take take a step back and look at Bemidji's schedule to see maybe maybe they haven't hit the beef of their schedule yet. But that's impressive. You're taking care of business, and that's going to help them down the stretch. It's those points that we've been talking about for the last few weeks that you don't want to leave on the table. And, and Bemidji State's offense right now is rolling 40 goals so far this season in conference. And, a uh, solid defense right now behind them with 14 with good goaltending. So Bemidji State's holding their own. I know they're a little uh, – they're kind of under the shadow right now of Minnesota State, which, you know, it's hard not to be. Minnesota State has just proven so far this year why they are the best team in, in the country or one of the top two best teams in the country. Uh, but Bemidji, Bemidji State right now, for at least me, is saying, hey, don't forget about us. We can compete with these guys here. And, you know, you mentioned Alaska, shocker, another split and yet hanging out at number three in the conference. Uh, if you're in conference play and you're Alaska, just get me there to the playoffs and let's see what happens. <laughs> and, I, and I am taking a look at Bemidji's schedule right now, and they haven't really hit the meat of that that non-conference schedule. They did have a nice showing against St. Cloud State. At the, at the beginning of the year, St. Cloud State was in that number seven. They split. They didn't, they didn't even split. They tied both nights with them. But so far on, this, on the docket, they've had Alaska. They've had Lake Superior, Ferris, Huntsville. Lake Superior again. So they're really picking up next weekend. They're going to be at Alaska. That might actually be what to me, one of the, one of the games I'm super intrigued at. It's the game I'm most intrigued about this weekend, Alaska at Bemidji, but their, their, their schedule really starts to pick up come, come after the new year. No, I agree. And uh, you just nailed it right there. My game of the week, because there a lot of the matchups right now we have, these are matchups that the teams that should win should win. Um, Bowling Green versus Huntsville at Bowling Green. You guys got a couple away with the sweep there. Minnesota State, Lake Superior. Lake Superior can hold their own, but Minnesota State, the way they're running, I expect a sweep. And then Michigan Tech, a team that's just been kind of uh, running with the momentum recently since the NMU uh, weekend. And you got Alaska Anchorage coming into town. Uh, Anchorage, the second, the 
what the second bottom feeder of this conference. That's a tech team that I think could walk away with the sweep. So be, from those three games, there's not a lot going on. So when you look at a, the last game of the conference this week at Alaska at Bemidji State, number one versus number three in conference, that's my game of the week. Uh, would I be shocked to say, Tony, that maybe Alaska walks away with a split and we talk about it again next week? <laughs> I'm just going to say that it's going to split. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just get it out of the way right now. It has, has, hasn't failed us yet. It hasn't. Uh, if I was a betting man, which I normally am, and I usually lose, so keep it rolling, Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Right, you want to uh, want to stay west a little bit and talk about uh, the Big Ten? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so the Big Ten had some interesting games this past weekend uh, with the holiday. Um, but real quick, let's just run through the scores. North Dakota at Minnesota on Thanksgiving night. I watched that game after a lot of turkey and sweet potatoes and pecan pie. Uh, North Dakota with a more than impressive win, 9-3 to three over Minnesota at Minnesota. Then we come in on Friday here, Bowling Green, 5-2 over Notre Dame. North Dakota completing the sweep, 3-2 over Minnesota. And Penn State convincing win, 7-0 over Merrimack. Let's go into Saturday here. Notre Dame two. No, you, uh, don't don't uh, don't forget to talk about while we're at it. Penn State. Uh, Liam Folks with a natural hat trick against Merrimack. Oh, there we go. Stick taps for that boy right there. Uh, let's really quick here. Uh, Saturday, uh, Bowling Green five two over Notre Dame. Wisconsin gets a nice three two win over struggling Michigan. Uh, UMass Lowell, 3-2 over Penn State. We're going to talk a little bit more about that one. That's intriguing. And then Ohio State finally getting it rolling. It's slowing down a hot uh, Michigan State here, 3-1. And then we rounded off with us two games on Sunday. Uh, Michigan, a nice little 3-1 win over Wisconsin. Get the split there. And then Ohio State completes the sweep. got a goal. I saw that, but they didn't get the win. (laughs) And (laughs) Ohio State, 2-0 over Michigan State. Uh, so what? Four days worth of Big Ten, uh, Big Ten hockey over the last weekend. Uh, Tony, right now, if I had to say though, uh, Ohio State was my team of the week. Um, you slow down a red hot Michigan State team, and you finally get your your skates back under you, and you get back on the on the winning side here. Ohio State had a nice nice weekend, getting the sweep, uh, led by uh, Ronnie Hine, two goals Saturday, and Lajinski and Meyer getting nice two goals each, or one goal each, I'm sorry, for the 2 nothing win on Sunday. Uh, so Ohio State, a uh, nice uh, weekend there, and gets them back into the top two right now in the big time conference-wise. Yeah, I had Ohio State as my team of the week, and uh, Michigan State's been one of those shocking teams to me this season, um, how well they've been playing, just kind of floating around that number 20 range. Um, but Ohio state was also the only team this week in the big 10 that didn't lose a game. Um, (laughs) but yeah, Keandre, like for Bucky, it was Keandre Miller got a goal. Cole Caulfield got a goal guys. You want to see getting goals, but defensively, they just a bunch of riverboat gamblers. Oh yeah. I mean, we talked about it and, uh, before the show here and, I watched I watched a little bit Saturday, but I watched the whole game Sunday, and boy, oh boy, it, it, <laughs> I cringed every time um, watching them. And I, and I don't know if, if Tony Granado, you know, one of the best coaches right in college hockey, well respected um, in in all of hockey, not just college hockey. But you Great gotta dude. think, I yeah, I, it's what you've told me before. <laughs> uh, 
but it's one of those things where you, you think if Granado's got to like, figure something out on the blue line. I mean, Michigan was a struggling team coming in, and Michigan is just is hasn't been Michigan hockey in the last two years, and more so this year. They just been flat out bad. Let's just put it out there. And they came into Wisconsin. Uh, granted, they did lose on Saturday. What, what did I say? Three two for Michigan. That's not that bad because Wisconsin's offense. Uh, really can light the lamp if they get themselves going here. Uh, so they'll lose 3-2, and then you come back rebound Sunday, and you get the 3-1 win. What what surprised me the most, Tony, was, though, the, the blue line, how many breakaways and odd man rushes they give up. The defense pinch every time. I don't understand it. They got to figure out when the, when the opportunity to pinch is there. When you're tied or winning, you should not be pinching. <laughs> to keep the puck in every time. I know you want to keep the offense going. You want to keep the cycle going, but these guys got to learn. And I'd, like I said, I don't know if the blue line, you know, if we're looking at a lot of, uh, you know, juniors and seniors, or are we looking at a lot of freshmen, sophomores, and there's that inexperience. I don't know. I'd have to look at the roster, but on Sunday's game, it was just, it was a shock that how easy Michigan can get out in transition and get two on ones and, and, you know, get breakaways uh, you know, luckily they got a goaltender and that that could keep them in it for quite a while. Um, but at some point, you go, know, you're looking at Wisconsin going, hey, guys, let's help the let's help the freaking goalie out here a little bit and play a little defense. I mean, dear God, I mean, let's not pinch every time and, and give up some odd man rushes here. I mean, it was just bad because at that point, now you're just hoping this offense carries you through the year, which it, that's hard to do in college hockey and, and it's in any sport. It's any sport. <laughs> You know, th- this is a team I have no faith in, honestly. I mean, they sit at number 19 in the polls right now, but the amount of talent that they have, the amount of talent that Tony Granato brings into Madison, it's just, it's just incredible. I mean, you're getting, you're getting top 15 guys on the regular, but they're just not, they're not, they're just not doing it. They're not getting the work done. And I mean, I, that's why, like this weekend, one of my Notre Dame Boston College is my game, maybe game of the week in the country. Um, it's right up there, but I'm I'm excited to see Wisconsin at Michigan State because these are two teams that are surprising in different ways, um, but kind of both sitting in the same general vicinity. Wisconsin, like I said, coming in at 19, Michigan State receiving votes in the polls. Um, I, I'm I'm very intrigued by that matchup. That and I mean I I don't see Minnesota at at Ohio State or Penn State at Michigan really being two competitive series. I think those are six-point weekends for Ohio State and Penn State, but but who knows? Yeah, I mean, I have Wisconsin and Michigan State as the game of the week just because I wanted to pick a conference uh, game of the week. But, you know, Notre Dame at Boston College, the battle of the Catholic schools right there will be intriguing. Uh, you kind of nailed it on the head, though. Um, Wisconsin Michigan State have been the teams of many surprises. Wisconsin came into the season highly ranked preseason and kind of a run front runner here to, you know, contend for a top 10 spot in the national rankings. And then Michigan state, I think everybody, including us in the beginning of the year had them written out already before the puck even dropped. And it's been kind of the opposite. Wisconsin just has not been there at least consistently. We've seen them on occasion really, you know, get the offense going and, and walk away with a convincing win. And then they followed with what uh, just a, a pitiful performance on the ice and either walk away with a split or we've seen sweeps. 
Michigan State, though, they started slow. And now, what, the last three weekends, they've found their footing, granted, this past weekend. Uh, Michigan State now is sitting in the middle of the pack of the conference, and Wisconsin's at the bottom. Uh, you know, you mentioned Wisconsin's ranked 19 in the USCHO. I think Wisconsin is more should be more than thankful, considering last oh, weekend was God, Thanksgiving, yeah. for, for that 19 right now, because you walk away with a split against a Michigan team who – Right now, I, I think he's going to finish lower than Michigan State at this point. Uh, and you're still 19. I mean, that's that's saying a lot. USCHO is very generous with them because I would have I would have knocked Wisconsin out of the top 20 uh, maybe two weeks ago from how they've yeah. been playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I, I hope our listeners who aren't familiar with is, is familiar with college hockey. USCHO poll rankings don't matter. I, I think we should touch on it a little bit at the end of the show. But the pairwise rankings are really what matter. And let's I, I want to see where Wisconsin's sitting in these pairwise rankings right now. I'm scrolling down the list. I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see 29. Yeah. So they got a ways to go. Yeah. I mean, the USHO rankings, like you said, and we'll, we can touch base more of it at the end of the show, but are, for me, are just more of like a, I don't even know how to describe it, maybe a, just like a, sh- a showboat kind of thing for these. Just, just, just think about the idiot AP voters who, who vote for college football. And so I think it's Reddit college football posts every single week, how every single AP voter votes. And there's one guy who last week voted Minnesota ahead of Wisconsin in the AP poll. So that just tells you how big of idiots that you have <laughs> voting. And I think I'm not, I don't want to diss the USCHO, but I think it's a little bit of a Wisconsin's a brand name. Let's keep him in the top 20. Yeah, I'm in it very well. I mean, you speaking of brand names, it's just, you know, the Big Ten is all brand names, all these. All except, brand names. I mean, Penn State, I know, has just been in the Division uh, Division One hockey level, what, maybe five years now at least. Um, but these other schools, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, had been around since maybe the beginning of college hockey. And I think the most shocking thing that the bottom three are legendary programs, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan, who have pumped out legends uh, in the last 50-something years of college hockey. So um, it, it says a lot about the Big Ten that it's not – you know, these, these main programs, these high level programs are not here just to run the, the conference. And right now the top three are Penn state, Ohio state and Notre Dame and Michigan state's just hanging in there. So uh, all, all teams right now in the conference have played eight games conference wise. Uh, so it's a, it's a fair assumption and, and to analyze this conference evenly that Penn state at 18 points and Michigan's at four, it's going to be a lot for Michigan to even to say, Hey, we're, we're relevant this year. Uh, right now, I'm looking at really just the top four teams, uh, kind of letting M- Minnesota flow towards the bottom. Uh, they were not impressive against North Dakota at home. I thought it was going to be a bigger, bigger fight. I thought a split at best, but North Dakota is really, really playing good hockey. Um, so I think it's, at least for me, Tony, it's fair to say um, the, the top four teams are really the teams that I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to truly finish in the big time because those are the four I think that are really competing well. Yeah, I, I don't even know if I'd say four. I'm at three. Well, I'm giving Michigan State the benefit of the doubt. They've been my team of the week for what, like two straight weeks, almost three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna give you so that. So <laughs> they're, they're, I'm a I'm a bet man again. So, uh, but you know, 
intriguing matchups coming up this weekend. We mentioned Notre Dame at Boston College, Wisconsin at Michigan State, Minnesota at Ohio State. Um, that's a, a matchup that I would expect Ohio State to get the better hand on that one. And then Penn State and Michigan uh, play at Yost. Tony, I think we can speak, uh, you know, personally here. Yost, no matter what, is a tough barn to play in. Uh, so Michigan, who's kind of got a little momentum after uh, going into Wisconsin and Madison, get walking with a split. Uh, so we'll see if, uh, you know, if, if Michigan can maybe hold their own, maybe walk away with the split here against Penn State, at least maybe give them a run for their money. I don't know. And then uh, Boston College at Notre Dame. Intriguing. Notre Dame and Boston College is a home and home. I didn't think that would be possible for them, but they're making it too. So that's intriguing um, to see how that one will shape up. So, uh, so a lot of intriguing matchups this weekend for the Big Ten hockey. Absolutely. Uh, Tony, let's uh, we can, let's round this out here. Uh, our what I think are our top two hockey conferences, at least from our standards, or maybe just my standards. But let's go into hockey East. Let's go out east now. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I definitely want to. We we mentioned a little bit about the the Belfast tournament. Um, Northeastern defeated uh, New Hampshire four nothing on Friday in Belfast. Ryan Shea had a pair of second period goals for for Northeastern. Um, UNH, as we mentioned earlier, did rebound Saturday night to defeat Princeton 3-2 behind two girl goals from Liam Blackburn. And then Northeastern won the tournament, defeating Colgate uh, 4-3 on, on Saturday night. So a nice a nice uh, tournament win for, for Northeastern. Um, UConn had a – Miami had been playing really good hockey. UConn went and then swept Miami 6-3 on Friday, 4-3 on Saturday. Great weekend for the Huskies. Um, Lowell might have been my team of the week. They shut out RPI on Friday behind two Connor Sondergren goals and then beat uh, Penn State in overtime 3-2 on Saturday. Um, BC, as we mentioned earlier, defeated Harvard 4-2. Uh, Harvard was up 2-0 in that game. BC scored four unanswered to beat, to beat the Crimson. Um, Merrimack, as we mentioned earlier, fell to Penn State 7-0. But they did, did come back and beat RPI on Saturday behind a, a Chase Greesock hat trick. So stick taps to him. Um, UMass split with Quinnipiac, as we mentioned, this weekend. Um, Maine had a nice weekend. Uh, they beat St. Lawrence on Friday behind a two-goal effort from Ryan Smith. They ended up tying on Saturday night one-to-one. Providence beat Brown four-to-two. Uh, Vermont fell to Arizona State two-one on Friday. Um, James Sanchez scored a couple power play goals for the Sun Devils. Um, the two's tied at uh, tied at two on Saturday. Um, BU, as we mentioned before, fell to Cornell two nothing. Um, I should mention in the polls. I mean, this is one of those te- this is one of those conferences that I don't think there are any teams that I look at that are just absolutely unstoppable. Like when you look at Minnesota State, Cornell, um, North Dakota, but Northeastern's taps in at number eight in in the USCHO poll Boston College in at number 10 UMass in at number 11 Providence at 15 Lowell at 16 and then Maine and New Hampshire receiving votes yeah there there was a lot going on this weekend for hockey oh my God. and what's funny is that there was only one conference game <laughs> the UNH yeah. at Northeaster so that's part of the Belfast was, tournament <laughs> everything was a non-conference game I, after I did my notes, I looked at this again, and I was like, holy shit. 
was there not a conference game? And I'm like, well, no, there's one out of like the 20 games we had. Um, so my team of the week, though, BC, 4-2 win over a really strong, uh, at least strong offensive Harvard team, at, the, at least at the time. Uh, but we've just mentioned that they just lost yesterday to BU as well. Uh, so they've been on a two-game skid here. But Harvard came into that BC, uh, BC game. Uh, one of the top offenses in college hockey, and they they were playing very, very well on the ice. Uh, so BC took advantage, like you mentioned, four unanswered after Harvard was up to nothing. So BC really came out there and made a statement there. And they've been kind of clawing their way back into the conference here a little bit. I know they were towards the bottom. Now they're sitting at four. This is a conference where, Tony, we've talked about this back and forth. The top seven teams right now, those are the seven teams to walk, keep our eyes on because – that's going to fluctuate until we get to March. Uh, right now, I we I just don't think we have a like a, like you mentioned a Minnesota State or at least right now North Dakota and, and the NCHC. There's no concise uh, front runner for Hockey East, and which I think makes Hockey East so exciting to watch because of these top seven schools. All seven schools right now have enough offensive and defensive power on the ice to go out and win a national championship. That's how good these seven teams are. So what's, what's really interesting right now, if we just look at the top 15 plus the, uh, the um, Atlantic hockey association team, this would be a three bid league um, right now. If, if no upsets happen in the conference tournament and, and UMass and UMass lower kind of coming at the bottom, just on the bubble. I, I think Boston college is really trending in a really good spot right now. They're sitting at seven in the pairwise. Um, I mentioned earlier that they're sitting at 10 in the USCHO poll. I really like where Boston College is going right now um, this season. And then they have a really big matchup. Well, it might not have any conference implications this weekend. Um, a really big national matchup with with Notre Dame, who comes in right behind them in the pairwise. Both of them would be two seeds if the season ended right now. And and I'm really excited to see that matchup. To me, like we said before, that might be the matchup of the week. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, but, no, BC is trending in the right way, and I think BU right now might be trending slightly in the wrong direction. They're in the middle of the pack here. Uh, the game of the week I have for this conference is Maine at UMass. UMass, who's been a little, let's just say, hot and cold at least the last week or so. Uh, but they're still a strong team, and and are, are they in the top ten still? Or are they were they bounced out of the top ten? Uh, UMass, UMass, they're, yeah, they're coming in at eleven, eleven, and Maine right now. Maine was trending at the top of the conference. They're now sitting at five, but Maine's uh, still a solid squad. Uh, Maine at UMass, that's my matchup of the week for this conference. I think Maine can walk out of there with a W. And maybe get the split here. So we'll see how that one goes uh, for them. UMass, maybe this is a weekend for them to try to rebound and maybe walk away with a sweep here. Who knows? Uh, that's what makes Hockey East interesting because I, a lot of these matchups could be a lot of split weekends. And splits in Hockey East, I think, are good. <laughs> um, yep. yeah. I, I mentioned earlier that you don't want to walk away with a split when you're playing like an Alabama Huntsville, but in Hockey East, a split's good. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you look at this weekend, ignoring Notre Dame, BC, because it's non-conference, Maine, UMass should be an exciting weekend. Um, Lowell, Providence, a home-and-home, home, two really good teams, and then Northeastern at BU on Saturday. So you have a really lot, 
a lot of exciting uh, Hockey East conference action going on this weekend. Yeah, and I mean, and Tony, you mentioned it earlier. This is a conference that's had so many non-conference games uh, example this past weekend that we're kind of all over the spectrum in conference play right now with some teams having seven games, some eight, and the rest ten. So right now the points are just – there's a lot of points still left out there. The most intriguing thing that I'm looking at, at least in conference play, there's a lot of goals being scored, but there's a lot being given up. So there's not a lot of defensive uh, strong teams right now that I'm seeing in the conference. If I had to really make a pick, BC right now is giving up the fewest in conference play at 11 uh, while scoring 24. But like Providence is who – not maybe a top two team, I would say maybe top five, but could be one of the strongest offensive teams in the country, scoring 40 in conference, but they're giving up 30. So um, they're edging out wins in the conference play, which, it, it, like we've mentioned, makes sense. Hockey East, that's how competitive it is right now. Uh, North Northeastern sitting at top of the conference, so at, right in, at least right now, 13 points. Uh, Providence, UMass, Lowell, BC, and Maine to follow. So, and then BU and UMass towards the bottom. But like you said, it, this is just a tight conference. But, yeah, stick taps to UConn. Like you mentioned, Miami was coming off a solid weekend two weeks ago. Uh, I thought Miami was going to get the sweep over UConn. And what happened? Uh, UConn uh, said, you know what? Nope, you're wrong. Uh, we're going to get the sweep uh, against Miami and walked away with that. So, uh, you know, UConn now just clawed their way out of from the bottom of the hockey East and is, you know, working their way towards the top. Uh, they got a long way to go, though, but a uh, nice solid win for UConn over Miami. Yeah, and definitely something to build on with Vermont coming to coming to stores this weekend. I agree. Uh, but, Tony, if that's all we got for uh, Hockey East, let's, uh, let's finish this off here for the men's side, and let's talk NCHC hockey because not a lot was going on this past weekend, but we got a lot coming up. Um, so real quick, let's just touch base on the scores here. Uh, like I mentioned, Thanksgiving night, North Dakota, 9-3 win over Minnesota. Uh, well, let's go into Friday, Minnesota State, convincing win over UMD, 4-1. North Dakota got the sweep 3-2 over Minnesota, like we mentioned earlier. And then, Tony, like you mentioned uh, minutes ago, UConn got a 6-4 win over Miami. Uh, and then come down Saturday, we only had two games in action, Minnesota State 3-1 win over Minnesota Duluth. And then UConn completes the sweep 4-3 over Miami. A lot of – not a lot going on and uh, zero conference games this past weekend. But we got a lot of games coming up this weekend. Yeah, Action-packed weekend coming up in the NCHC. Should note in the polls, uh, North Dakota comes in at number three. I mean, right now, to me, the top two teams in the country are Minnesota State and North Dakota. Um, and, and I guess you can throw Cornell in there. I just love the way that North Dakota has been playing um, – They've got a big weekend this weekend coming into Lawson. Uh, Andy Murray's been pretty mum on on the injuries, which, I mean, we were high on Western Michigan, not because we're proud alum, but we're high on them because of the talent on this team. And the way that Andy Murray and this team has kind of stayed afloat, the number 17 team in the country right now, um, just sitting at number 16 in the Parawives, the way they've stayed afloat, despite all the injuries to key players that they've had, I mean, stick taps to Andy Murray this season, man. He's kept this team alive, but that's a huge weekend at Lawson, North Dakota, at Western Michigan. Uh, number four, Denver. 
Uh, Minnesota Duluth fell down to 14 after last weekend, and Omaha comes in at 18. Um, there is a lot of really, really exciting action within the within the NCHC this weekend. Uh, Colorado College will travel to Princeton. Uh, Denver at Arizona State, a nice little exciting non-conference action. Arizona State topping in the top 20 at number 20 right now. Um, I'm going to argue that they're a better team than Wisconsin, but those two teams will play later, so we can we can figure it out on the ice back then. But, uh, yeah, State, like I said, North Dakota at Western Michigan, St. Cloud State at Miami, and then Duluth at Omaha. I'm, I'm really excited for this. I highlighted three series this weekend, uh, Denver at Arizona State, North Dakota at Western Michigan, Duluth at Omaha. Yeah, I mean, it's easy not to to not pick North Dakota at Western Michigan this weekend as the top uh, top game of the week for the conference, but maybe the uh, overall in college hockey. You mentioned it, and I think, Tony, it, I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to come off biases, you know, as we're both alum for Western Michigan, but we both know in the last two seasons, if maybe not three seasons, Western Michigan has had great teams that could have made long runs in – the playoffs and what has killed them injuries, injuries, injuries. Uh, most recently the injuries have come at bad times, <laughs> which was usually January and February, the times you don't want to get hurt. So you don't want to see guys get hurt at all, but is it a good sign that the injuries came earlier for Western Michigan than later? We'll see. Is it a good sign that they got the weekend off this past weekend and not played in a Thanksgiving term like they've had in recent years? Uh, that's probably also a good sign, too. Uh, Andy Murray is keeping it uh, under lock and key, the injury report. That's not shocking. He's been like that for, I think, since he's walked into Kalamazoo. Um, and for someone who got to you know work next to him for a, a couple of years, uh, I couldn't even get it out of him when I would go in the locker room. So, uh, <laughs> um, But you mentioned it. Western Michigan's been floating at 17 with these injuries. And that says a lot more about Western's talent on the ice. And even uh, that's not getting to play every day uh, more than anything else. There's guys coming in and stepping in and, and they're, and they're keeping it rolling. The last uh, two weekends ago, I think I mentioned on the podcast going into the Saturday game, they didn't have a, a healthy scratch to do because they hit, that's how many injuries they had. So basically, the the next guy that got hurt, they were they were that's that was it. They were just playing what's left on the bench, um, and they walked away with a split that weekend. And then, like I said, they had this past weekend off. So hopefully, you get two weeks off uh, to to get healed up to get some of these star players like Ronnie Atard, Wade Allison, and so forth back on the ice because you know down the stretch, Western's going to need those players to contend for an NCHC uh, championship and getting into the frozen four at best. You want those guys to help you claw your way into the pairwise to, to get deeper instead of floating on the bubble, North Dakota though, hands down right now. It's, it's hard not to say that they're the favorite for the NCHC. They are playing outstanding hockey, Minnesota Duluth right now. Um, I think has everything to lose too. They're sitting at two in the conference, the last maybe three games out of four, haven't been their greatest. Um, they're going into Omaha right now. Omaha struggling in the conference, but they did get a split with uh, with uh, Western not too long ago. So Minnesota Duluth going at going into Omaha. You're looking for Duluth to kind of rebound after this past weekend, after Minnesota State really 
uh, got the better of them and kind of get their feet back under them. Uh, Miami's four in the conference at, after uh, getting swept by UConn, and they got St. Cloud coming at the Goggin this weekend. Uh, St. Cloud, who's 0-4 in conference, that's kind of shocking. Uh, I'm looking for St. Cloud to walk away with two Ws out of the Goggin in Oxford, Ohio this weekend. Um, and then Denver at Arizona State, I think that's a more intriguing non-conference game than, than a lot of them for the fact that we've for what the last couple of years, Tony, it's been a debate. Should Arizona state join the NCHC or not? And Denver getting to uh, getting to go down to Tempe and see what it's like to play Arizona state. So we'll see like that. And it's, you know, as I mentioned, uh, Arizona state just got a notification of them on Twitter, Denver tweeting out first time in program history. We'll travel to Arizona state this weekend. Um, what it, it looks like the sun devils will be debuting new jerseys. And the Sun Devils came back here. We'll tag ourselves since you forgot. So a um, little uh, social media trash talking going on there in, in Tempe and Denver there. Um, yeah, but we'll see. It. But we'll see, um, you know, who, you know, Denver's a strong team. The whole conference is strong. And we've talked about that. I mean, this isn't a biased uh, opinion. This is facts. The NC, NCHC has been one of if not the top hockey conference in the last five years and they prove it every year and it's hard to argue it but Arizona State's a good team uh, so Denver you know is a team that cannot go into Tempe thinking that it, this is an easy sweep enjoy the sunshine and then let's go back to Denver um, so you know we'll see how Arizona State fares up against Denver this weekend I wouldn't be shocked if it's a split weekend I, th- I think uh, Denver needs to fuel up with a pound of wings before the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey. As, a, as our boy in the lineup, that's going to be the thing. He'll he'll find out last minute. He'll find out last minute. Hey, a couple uh, a couple stick taps I want to give in the NCHC non hockey performance. Uh, first, speaking of Denver, Jake Durfinger, a junior forward for the for the Pioneers, incredible Fu Manchu. Uh, stick taps <laughs> him for that. But uh, my ultimate stick tap, the first star of the week in the NCHC, is Ben Pat, a redshirt sophomore goalie from Minnesota Duluth. You got to check this out. So every year, uh, the NCHC will take eight players, one from each team, who have the best mustache for Movember. Ben Pat wins it easily with a nice little curly mustache. Oh, I saw oh, that earlier check today. That out. Oh, <laughs> I saw dirty. that. We'll have, to post, we'll have to post it on the Twitter, but I did oh, see that. Oh. I, I said it wasn't even a competition. That guy's stash was was beautiful. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. It's a thing of beauty. And uh, I did see one. The guy had like a mixture of like what looked like Wolverine and a mustache combined. <laughs> oh, it was I saw intriguing. that one too. I thought I saw I said, that one. Is that the Miami guy? <laughs> it might have been. If that was my, if I had a vote, he would have been number two. But yeah. The perfect curl. I mean, he had enough. If I had a guess, he had the right amount of beeswax in that mustache to get that nice, fine little curl in that. I mean, that was a thing of beauty. Um, that's a thing I kind of hope he doesn't shave off. <laughs> no, he got he got to roll with that. You got you got to roll with that at least until you lose. <laughs> did you grow uh, anything from November, Matt? I did not, unfortunately. I was thinking about it, but then uh, I decided to cave in this year, and I and I uh, and I trimmed it down. So. I got my nice little stubble going right now, you know, debating about if I want to grow this out for uh pond hockey. Cause you know, Wausau is only going to be uh 
the high is only going to be like negative 20. So I need yeah. to keep the face warm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, really, Tony, before we move on here quickly, um, you know, the NCHC, we will see this getting a lot tighter. Not a lot of conference games have been played so far. Uh, really six games and four games apiece. Uh, Omaha and St. Cloud, four games each. The remainder have been six. We haven't talked a lot about Colorado College. They're at Princeton this weekend. That's a game that I, or a series I think Colorado College should walk away with with a with a sweep. Um, and but as we get deeper into the year, this is a conference that we're going to see get real tightened up between one and eight. And you know, don't don't think St. Cloud is happy being the eight team right now in the conference. They're going to make a push here, guarantee it. Uh, as we get later in, into the season, and we're going to see. Uh, a lot of teams uh, fluctuate between one and eight. Absolutely. This, this to me, again, top to bottom, there's a bad team in the conference. Oh, yeah. No, easy. Uh, but, Tony, that uh, that thing that rounds us out in the men's side, what's going on in women's hockey? It, it was a huge weekend in women's hockey this weekend. We had three tournaments. I guess one wasn't really a tournament, more of it was a showcase. Um, but, I mean, it was the biggest, the biggest event maybe happening in college hockey all weekend. Um, men's or women's. Um, so Wisconsin, Minnesota, BC, and Harvard all played in Nashville. Um, Wisconsin had a really great weekend. They jumped to number one in the polls. They beat both Harvard and BC, took care of business. Um, Minnesota, they took care of business again, against Harvard, but got a tie against Boston College. Um, right now, these two teams are very, very close. Wisconsin comes in at number one. They received eight first-place votes in the U- in the USCHL poll last weekend. Um, Minnesota comes in at no- at number two. They received seven. Um, these two are, are going to meet up again very, very this this season um, at LeBon Arena in Madison. So Badgers have a little bit of revenge on their mind. Uh, Wisconsin sixteen one and one on the season. Minnesota's fourteen one and three. It's insane when you look at the leading scorers in the WCHA. Um, which is where Minnesota and Wisconsin are. Abby Rock, uh, Daryl Watts, and Sophie Shirley are the top three scorers by a large margin, and the Badgers are scoring a lot of goals. Um, they're an exciting offensive team. Um, but really outside of that, Cornell and Ohio State, that was a weekend I called as being a big one. I wanted to say it was last week. It was number three versus number six. Um, they split the weekend series. The Buckeyes got the win on Friday night, winning 3-1. Cornell picked up the victory on Saturday, winning five to one. Um, a couple other tournaments that went on the Windjammer Classic. Um, we saw Clarkson win that one. They got a four nothing victory over Minnesota State, and then a three nothing victory over Penn State, and then Quinnipiac. Maybe outside of Wisconsin, to me, the team of the weekend. They got a big victory in the Nutmeg Classic, which they host. They got a four two victory over Duluth on Friday, and then they defeated Yale three one on Saturday. So big. Big weekend for Quinnipiac. When you look at the national at the national standings right now, um, Wisconsin comes in as one, Minnesota as two, as we mentioned. Northeastern's at three, Cornell's at four, Ohio State's at five, Princeton comes in at six, Clarkson's at seven, Boston College is at eight, BU's at nine, and and Duluth is at ten. This this year, I'm I'm super excited to see how how the polls play out. Um, we have really eight teams eight to 10 teams right now that are really, really good teams and there's not room for them. Um, so in the men's game, in the pair whites, you get 16 teams that will get into the tournament in the women's game. It's eight. So 
right now, judging off the USCHL poll, I'm not looking at the pairwise. So Boston College would be the, the odd man out, and they're a phenomenal team. So it's things are going to be very interesting how they play out. I'm super excited to see that that Wisconsin-Minnesota matchup that's going to happen in LeBron later this season. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that about the eight teams only make it. So it, points are more valuable than the men's side, at least for – when it comes down to the pairwise, uh, it sounds like yeah. for women's hockey because every point's going to matter because uh, one point could could separate you from being in or out. Uh, from you know, we've like I mentioned before, you know, on this podcast, between the two of us, you you have the stronger knowledge in women's hockey than I do. Uh, but I know we have a lot of strong women's programs and have for quite some time now. It sounds like the programs that you just list in the top 10, and I'm sure even we go outside the top 10, maybe top 15, it's a close race, and we're only going to see eight teams in the playoffs come. Is it the same time of the year, March? Um, so it's uh, – Yeah, it usually – It the, just makes in it intriguing. Past, yeah, in the past it's been uh, – what? Uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend is usually when the national championship happens. But yeah, I mean, right now sitting at it, so eight teams get in, but there's, there's a conference out here. Um, the CHA, they're a conference that's really, they're a one bid league. They're kind of like the, the uh, Atlanta hockey association right now, how things sit with the pair whites, Boston college would be on the outside looking in again. There is a lot of time, a lot of work to do. BC is a great team. They just ran the bus saw this weekend, having to play the number one and number two teams in the country. Yeah. Um, you know, then, that makes uh, women's college hockey way very intriguing, knowing that you only got one, you know, one point could really make or break um, whether you're making the playoffs or not. So um, every point matters. Uh, I did get to watch uh, I, uh, some college, women's college hockey over the weekend. I, I got to flip through the channels and I, I caught some action. And, you know, I've mentioned this before. It's just incredible how the puck movement, uh, puck movement, the breakouts, uh, the defensive strategy. Uh, I think women's hockey's got some great goaltenders right now in uh, in the in between the pipes. Uh, so you know, it, there's a lot going on in, in women's college hockey, and I think that sets it up really well for them. Um, as I know, there's the the big movement right now for professional women's hockey. That you know, I know you and I are big advocates to see keep thriving and expanding. And I think with, with what's going on in, in the college ranks, with the amount of talent we have in the college ranks right now, um, is going to set up really nicely for the professional level. I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but, um, but you know, like I've mentioned this before on the podcast, if, you, if you're not watching uh, college hockey or you're not watching women's college hockey, check it out because you will not be disappointed. Um, all these women, Hillary Knight, Brianna Decker and so forth that you've seen play in the Olympics all played college hockey and they're all learning from these great coaches that we're seeing uh, on the benches right now today and it, it's just evidence of you know why those women have succeeded so far and the and the women that are coming up are gonna I'm sure just do as you know you know do as well you know the same as as those and and maybe not or, you know maybe even thrive uh into their career. So it, it's, it's awesome to see how women's uh, college hockey's really evolved 
and it's going to be a, it's a fun tight race. We're going to see this year to see who, uh, not necessarily, I guess, finishes up on top, but who makes the playoffs. I think that's really the battle here is just get yourself in the top eight. Yeah, you know, I, right now I have a tough time not seeing Wisconsin-Minnesota for another national championship. But like you said, like it's just so much more competitive right now. Clarkson, who is a team that for a couple of years just kept ran, running the table. I mean, it's just getting so much better across the board you're not only seeing a few teams that are good now you're seeing a lot of teams that are good and I think with the U.S. winning the goal I think that's only going to going to have this sport grow a lot more moving forward and I'm really excited to see where it goes yeah I think and also I I I I should note um if you're looking for a really good writer for uh, women's college hockey Nicole Haas is a phenomenal follow I definitely recommend checking her out I definitely will do that myself. Um, but no, I agree. I think college hockey overall, both in the men's and women's, we're we're seeing such. Uh, I don't want to use the word expansion, but uh, you know, just the va- uh, vast amount of talent the we're growth. seeing. The growth, yeah, exactly. It's not a one. It's not a two. It's not a five-team league anymore, like it was. You know, for the men's side back in like the seventies and eighties, uh, and the women's side as well. Early, you know in the nineties and two thousands, but now we got, you know, in the men's side, we got 20, 20 to 30 teams that are competing. And, and it sounds like in women's hockey, we got at least an easy 15 that are competing right now, if not maybe 20. Um, so it, it's the, the talent is growing the sport. It's not all going to uh, one team or two teams. It's, it's being spread around because, you know, these uh, student athletes don't want to sit around and wait to play one year. They want to get on the ice as soon as possible, which, you know, I'm all for, uh, and that's what's making this sport even greater uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, do you want to go to a North Dakota or or a Wisconsin or Minnesota because of that notoriety? Who doesn't? But um, if you can pass up to play one year to go play four years at a, uh, school that's going to just come, you know, do as well and compete for a national championship. I mean, that's what we're seeing right now that these student athletes are saying, well, the hell with the notoriety, I'm going to go play four years and, and go kick the shit out of that school that I can't play for until I'm a senior. So, um, you know, it's, it's fun to watch the, the talent level just keeps growing and growing and growing each year. We, we've see it, um, on paper, we see it on the ice. Um, and so it, it's fun to watch and it's going to make the, this season really fun to watch how it, how it all shapes out. Absolutely. Uh, but Tony, I think that's, uh, I think that's all we got for college hockey this week. And, uh, like I said, uh, we got a lot of intriguing matchups this weekend and, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, me too. It's, it's going to be a fun weekend and I'm ex- excited to chat a little bit more about this weekend's happenings and what's coming up in the future. All right. Well, as always, Watch college hockey. And class dismissed.